hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. The legendary football coach, Paul Bear Bryant, famously said, offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. It's the same in investing, isn't it? That's what we'll be talking about today. Thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. So glad you're taking the time to listen today. If you're new to the show, let me give you a brief introduction. We are an independent registered investment advisor. Simply put, we're a group of 18 individuals who try and help our clients get to where they want to be. We have financial planners, accountants, lawyers. Really, I think we have the best of the best and we manage money in a conservative value-oriented manner. And that's what this show is all about. Value investing, or what I like to call common sense investing. I'll try and give you at least one good idea each week, one good idea that you can take away and do your own research on. It might be a specific stock or it might have something to do with strategy, but I want to give you one good idea that you can take away and research. Remember, you always want to do your own research. You never buy something just because you heard it on TV or a podcast. As a matter of fact, you're probably better off if you just turn down the sound on the TV. If you're looking for someone to help you with your financial plan or assist you with your portfolio, then give us a call. The number is 301-770-5234. Once again, it's 301-770-5234. Or you can email us at podcast at XML, uh, xmlfg.com. Sorry about that. It's podcast, which is plural, at xmlfg.com. I think we can help. Let's take a look at the markets. You know, we've been bobbing around in this channel on the S&P 500, bobbing around in this channel between 2,600 on the low end and 2,800 on the high end ever since February. And I think we'll see this continue for a good part of the summer. But if you've been listening for a while now, you know that I'm optimistic for the year. As a matter of fact, I'm more optimistic now than I was just a few weeks ago. And why is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's because I think the internal dynamics of the markets are changing. I know. It's really, really easy to get caught up in the minute-by-minute, the play-by-play of what's happening in the world. It's very easy to get distracted by the topic du jour, which today just happens to be the new possible trade tariffs on China. But if you turn down the sound and look, well, we might just see something different. Now, I'm a huge fan of Value Line. If you don't know what Value Line is, it's a publication that covers 1,700 stocks. That's the standard edition. And I think it's a great tool that I use. I use it to find uh, ideas. And I do it because it gives me a 15-year snapshot of all these publicly traded companies. You should take a look. 
no, they don't compensate me for saying this either. I've been using it since I first started investing and I still get the paper edition in my mailbox every Friday. Sure, I have the internet version too, but there's just something about getting the paper edition that appeals to me. One thing that getting the paper version does is it makes sure I read it sitting there on my desk staring at me. I just can't ignore it. I can't switch it off because, well, there it is. And what I've noticed in value line is that the value line arithmetic index, that's the one that's an equal weighted broad-based stock market index, the, the 1700 stocks, the value line arithmetic index has broken out to fresh all-time highs. And the geometric index, that's the gauge of median stock prices. Well, it's following close behind. And on top of that, Apple's been closing in on a trillion dollar valuation, and that's helping the NASDAQ continue this pattern of making higher highs. And you also have this enticing macroeconomic backdrop that underpins equities. The U.S. economy, well, it's firing on all cylinders, and I think it has the potential to pull global growth out of its recent law. I mentioned last week that the latest JOLTS reports, uh, that's the job labor opening and turnover survey. The latest JOLTS report shows that the number of job openings outpaced the number of job seekers for the first time since 2000. Hey, unemployment is at 3.9%. That's right, 3.9%. The Institute of Supply Management, that's the ISM, The ISM report shows that the economy is growing at a 3% clip. Unfulfilled orders hit a 14-year high, which is uh, just short of an all-time record. And backlogs are usually an excellent leading indicator of revenue growth. Heck, the Atlanta Fed's model shows the economy is growing at a 4% plus rate. Even the Fed acknowledged that we have this mini economic overheating going on. Last week, they bumped their expectations to a total of four rate hikes this year. So you might be wondering to yourself, Whiteman, why are you talking about all this good stuff that's happening, but you're also saying you expect the market to continue to bounce around in this range for a good part of the summer? Good question. It's because retail investors have been rebuilding their cash positions rather than participating in this latest market run-up. That's according to the American Association of Individual Investors, the AAII. Maybe maybe investors were just sold on this sell in May and go away thing. Whatever the reason, it does create a headwind for the market. As I've said before, I need to see a couple of days of overwhelming upside buying taking place before I'm going to be convinced that we're headed to new highs. I know it'll come, but I have no idea when. I just see a lot of good things underneath the headlines, and I'm not even going to attempt to try and time the market. I think that's a fool's errand. What I will do is continue to look for really good companies that are growing and offer me good value. And I have a couple of places you might want to consider looking. But first, 
I was curious as to what the analysts were thinking. Since the second quarter is uh, approaching completion here, thankfully, the, the good people at FactSet were able to help me out. Now, I wanted to know where analysts were most optimistic and most pessimistic. And there are almost 11,000 analyst ratings for stocks in the S&P 500. And when you break them down, 53% of them are buys, 42% of them are holes, and not quite 5% are sells. I think the buy side, uh, the buy side analyst would rather just drop coverage on a stock rather than issue a sell rating. But that's for another show. Now, they're most optimistic on IT, healthcare, and energy. And that's if you go by the highest percentage of buy ratings. And they're least optimistic on telecom services and utilities. Utilities had the highest percentage of sell ratings. I don't think this surprises anyone since utilities and the telcos have served as fixed income proxies. And we all know short-term rates are going up. Like I said, the Fed said to expect four rate increases this year. I'd mostly agree with all this. I've liked the energy stocks, the oil and the oil services in particular, and Apple has long been a staple for me. Now, on the telco side, you probably know that AT&T and Time Warner, that's symbol TWX, received a favorable court ruling that allows their merger to take place. And they didn't waste any time getting it done. So if you own TWX, which I talked about a couple of months ago as a special situation, you now have some AT&T in your portfolio, symbol T. For every share of Time Warner, you received $53.75 in cash and 1.4 shares of AT&T. I'm going to hold on to my AT&T mainly because it's paying a better than a 6% dividend. Listen, we need to step away for a minute. And when we come back, we'll talk about Iceland and talk about if defenses really do win championships. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. We are back in a moment. You've worked hard. You've saved and invested. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off. Now's the time to start planning for that future. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. No two people have the same goals and values. We can help you craft a framework for making a lifetime of smart financial decisions that's right for you. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Call us at 301-770-5234. Well, thank you and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. Got a question for you. What's the world's most watched sporting event? I'll give you a hint. It's not the Super Bowl. It's the World Cup, which is going on now. Well, I think it's the World Cup. I didn't spend any time researching it, but I'm going to guess it's the World Cup. I know a lot of you don't care because the U.S. failed to qualify. And it's the first time that's happened in more than three decades. But there are still a lot of soccer and sports fans who are out there who are going to watch it. And since you don't have a team to root for, might I suggest Iceland? You might have other allegiances. I understand. But if you don't, how about Iceland? 
I love an underdog. Who doesn't love an underdog? They've already tied their first game against Argentina and one of the world's greatest soccer players, Lionel Messi. And that tie felt like a big win. More than 99% of the people in Iceland who were watching TV were watching that game this past Saturday. And it was one of the most watched games so far in the U.S. Now, what makes this so interesting? Well, it's a great story. The country only has 330,000 people and they're playing in their first World Cup. Most of the team, well, they have day jobs. The manager is a dentist and he had to ask for time off to go to Russia. Another player is a factory worker and you have a film director and a board game designer. And they're going up against players like Messi, who makes, I don't know what, $80 million a year? It's a great story. They're also the tallest team in the tournament. So stand tall, Iceland. Stand tall. Let's talk about Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant said offense sells tickets and defense wins championships. I think that's mostly true. Defense plays a big, huge part of the overall success. But you also have to be able to score to win, right? It's just like investing. When the markets are in bull mode, you want to participate. So it makes sense to have exposure to those types of businesses that are going to do well in an improving economy. Things like the home builders and the oil stocks. These types of businesses, the cyclical businesses, they go through boom and bust cycles. And there are times when you want to own them and times, well, You don't want to own them. But I think we've gotten to the point where investors have deserted the staples. You know, those steady eddy type of businesses in lieu of the cyclicals. They've forgotten about defense and they only want to play offense now. I think it's time we take a look. Valuations have cratered to multi-decade lows. The technicals are about as washed out as they can get. Really, they've just been sold off indiscriminately. That's the defensive consumer staple names. I think this is a great buying opportunity if if you have at least a two or three year time horizon. That's because I think the cyclicals will continue to perform well, but at some point that's going to change. I've talked about Procter and Gamble, symbol PG. So I won't be the carnival barker on them today. But I do like them under $72. You can listen to the past couple of shows to find out more. Let me throw out a few more names that you may want to start looking at and doing your own research on. And these are in no particular order. First one is Pepsi, symbol PEP. Right now, it's trading around $106 and it's paying a 3.5% dividend. I know you're all familiar with Pepsi, but what you may not know is that Frito-Lay, which is owned by Pepsi, accounted for 25% of North American sales and 45% of the operating profits, while the beverages accounted for 33% of the sales and only 25% of operating profits. So Frito's is much more profitable than the drinks. The earnings estimates call for Pepsi to make about $5.70 in profits this year and about 
$6.15 next year. And what that means is that they're trading at about 18 times this year's estimates and about 17 times next year's estimates. And yes, they've traded cheaper over the last 15 years, particularly coming out of the financial crisis. But historically, they've exchanged hands at about 20 times earnings. So they're cheaper than they have been on average over the last 15 years. They could get cheaper, but I wouldn't argue with you for nibbling here. They have a fantastic balance sheet, predictable earnings, and they pay that tasty 3.5% dividend, which, by the way, they've raised every year for the last 46 years. I think it's certainly worth a look. Another one, Kraft Heinz, symbol KHC. And they're trading about 60, uh, excuse me, $62, and they're paying a 4% dividend. Now, this stock is down about 20% over the last three months, and I don't think they've sold that much less ketchup, but who knows? I guess maybe investors just want to pay less for their condiments. Kraft Heinz, they're estimated to earn $3.85 this year, $4.15 next year, which means it's trading about 15 or 16 times this year's estimates and about 14 or 15 times next year's. To me, that's pretty darn cheap for this type of consistent business. And if the analyst estimates are right, they're growing at about 7% per year and you add on a 4% dividend, well, that's a nice type total return for this type of business. And I'll give you one last one to look at, and that's Hershey's, symbol HSY. And this stock has just been creamed. It's down to about $92 from about $115. And I guess it's on par with the rest of these types of stocks, but it hasn't been this cheap in the last 15 years. And it's also paying close to a 3% dividend. The bottom line is some of these defensive consumer staples have just been thrown away and they're trading really inexpensively. I don't think they'll pay off immediately, but again, if you're a long-term investor, I think this is a place where you should be looking. The cyclicals will probably continue to perform, but adding these probably makes some sense. The offense is in control now, but you're going to need some defense at some point. Now, that's all we have time for today. We'll be back next Wednesday. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. 
no, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.